Believe me, if I started murdering people, there'd be none of you left. We are all evil in some form or another. I am not guilty. <laughs> So once again, some of y'all might be new. So before we kick it off, I'll give you a slight description. Uh, first and foremost, true crime podcast is the number one genre. And since my girl listens to it all the time and she got like stories on stories in her head, it's not so intriguing to me to listen to the audios. It's only intriguing when she speaks upon it or if I watch a TV series or documentary. So I figure... With it being the number one genre and the way she's speaking upon it being so intriguing for a person like me who doesn't even really, are not super into these things, I figured we start a podcast together. Uh, you know, so far, so good. So, once again, I appreciate everyone who's been rocking with us so far. And we got more fire content coming to y'all. But real quick, um, you want to say a little something before we kick it off? Well, once again, if you haven't checked out that first episode, go check it out about the Stockton Cali Killer. It's on YouTube. Um, working on getting it on all the podcasts, but it's for sure on Anchor. So if you got Anchor, go tune in. Um, also on Spotify, Spotify for sure, Spotify, too. Yep. Um, go check it out. And I just want to appreciate all the love we've been getting for it so far. So hopefully it's something that you like. Keep tuning in. And yeah, I got something good for that. Yeah, this girl got about 100 pages of notes, so we're going to go ahead and hop into this and see what she's going to take my mind today. <laughs> so what you got for us? All right, y'all. Today, we're going to call the episode three, The Choke and Stroke Killer. Or Choke and Stroke. What y'all know about that? How you feel about that name? Because that actually was his nickname. <laughs> uh, It makes, like, it made me feel like he was strangling people in... Aha. Yeah. Aha. You might be on to something there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, yeah like, and then, then real quick, real quick, just for YouTube purposes, because you new to it. Um, in the first two minutes, we can't curse. That's why I ain't curse. And then also, uh, I ain't like a blunt yet neither because of the first two minutes. For those listening to audio, we are also on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, all oh, that she said, you know what I'm saying? But uh you can't say the R word. Uh, okay. So we want to say grape. Or, instead of saying just say grape. Or if you got something different that you can use. I'll figure out something for you. Uh, yeah, kick it off for What you got for us tonight? All right. So like I was saying, we're going to talk about Mr. Sam is his name, a.k.a. the Choke and Stroke Killer. Okay? Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. This man, so. Well, before you kick it off, I, I always got to comment on their names because I did it from podcasts <laughs> once. I'm going to do it every time. You know what I'm saying? Listen, man, his name sounds horrific because to me it paints the picture to exactly what he was doing. But if I'm keep the same energy as far as the whole name thing, it's kind of a thing we're gonna do beginning every time. Uh they gave him a little I mean a name catchy. that sticks. It's you know what I'm catchy. saying? It's a name that sticks. So I you know, this name ain't trash like the first. What was the first one? The Stockton Killer? Yeah. That shit was garbage. Yeah. Good one. episode. Hey, check that out. Episode one, the Stockton Killer. But 
gonna stop interrupting and go ahead and kick it off for us. <laughs> All right, y'all. So look, we gonna I'm gonna always like to give a little backstory um about this one. He got a backstory. The last episode um for the Killer Nurse episode two, she didn't really have much background, but this, yeah, you can see where we went wrong early on <laughs> with this dude. So. With that being said, as always, he had a lot of victims here between 60 confirmed and 93 claimed. Um, I'm, I, unfortunately, I'm not going to go through all these victims. I'm going to get a few, get into a few stories of a few of them. But um, my man was out here going crazy. It's crazy. And he was cocky. I don't like a cocky killer. Like, he was cocky. He didn't <laughs> think he was going to get caught. But anyway, let's get into it. So today we're talking about Mr. Samuel Little. He was originally born Samuel Nadal. Um, he was born to a 16-year-old prostitute and her 19-year-old client, Bessie and Paul McDowell. Uh, not too long after he was born, his family went ahead and upped and moved to Lorraine, Ohio, where he was mostly raised by his grandmother. Um, you know, those early years was pretty cool, and then we get into high school. <laughs> Sheesh. This man would say by his own accord, his own account, that he started having um, fantasies about strangling women started as early as kindergarten, um, where he's seen his teacher, like, I guess she was in class and maybe she scratched her neck or something, like, ever since then in kindergarten, he was thinking about strangling women. That's cool. weird, but okay. See where we going? With so this. he's seen his teacher scratch her neck, neck in kindergarten. It literally says, "I have it in quotes by his own words." That's what kicked this all off. Fit on as much as you can. That's what kicked this all off. So, um, once he got into high school, trouble began. So he attended Carthorne Junior High School, where he had problems with discipline and academic problems um, right off the bat. So, mm. yeah. And I'm not even sure if it's because his parents were so young while his grandmother ended up taking care of him, but I'm going to assume that then it seems like parents was living a crazy life. Um, yeah. And his grandmother had his work cut out for her, had her work cut out for her. Because once in high school, he would actually collect true crime magazines um, and fantasize. In those magazines, they had pictures of women being choked and in different, um, you know, I don't know, poses or whatever. And he would fantasize and get off sexually as well. By looking at these true crime magazines, collecting them, and you know, getting off to the pictures of the women being strangled and choked at the crime scene That's or whatever the crime scene was crazy. crazy. Mind you, this is all in high school. We ain't even got nowhere yet. Man, yeah, he was out here wilding early. Early. Um so once we got past that, shortly after, I want to say around 1956, is when he started long list of criminal history so pretty early on he started his criminal career so in 1956 he was convicted of breaking and entering into a private property um in nebraska which turned out to be a furniture store or whatever where he was held in an institute institution for juveniles so he went to juvie for a good little amount of time um he spent there he didn't get out to about the 1960s and once he moved uh got out of juvie he ended up booking it right away to Florida. I don't know what he thought he was going to do in Florida, but mm. for whatever reason, he booked it as soon as he got out of juvie to Florida. And boy, oh boy. Um, while I was in Florida, he did little odd ends of jobs. At this time, he was about in his either late teens, early 20s. He used to work at cemeteries. Like, my man is a creep. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> he used to work I've at heard about a, a good amount of uh, killers and stuff, the serial killers and stuff like that. They, uh, you know, end up, they, they worked at cemeteries at some point. 
Yeah, it's, it's two odd jobs. He worked at cemeteries, and then he would say that he worked as an ambulance attendant. I don't know what that is, because I thought if you want an ambulance, you like a paramedic, you out here saving lives, and hey, he ain't had no schooling for none of this shit. So mm-hmm. I, that's what he says he was, but I definitely believe that he worked in the cemeteries, because, uh, yeah. <laughs> so some of just the backgrounds when he was younger, before we get into all the killing and stuff, he had DIYs. Fraud, shoplifting. DRY, what's that? I, I said DRYs, DUIs, Lord Jesus. Oh, okay, I'm so like, I'm like. <laughs> I'm reading out some paper, y'all. So just so y'all know, I do all this research. My hands suck. The handwriting is like suck ass. Um, But anyway, yeah, so shoplifting, a lot of petty crimes. He did have aggravated assault and grape was going on early mm. on. So that all took place between his 16 and probably after he got a jail, 19, early 20s. Right. Um. Oh, man. So the boy went from kindergarten. He's seen a little scratch. The teacher scratch your neck. And that triggers something. You know, as you go on and you keep going, you know what I'm saying? Like, a common thing that comes to my head is I always wonder if these people have some sort of mental issues. To see someone scratching their neck and that leads to you having a fantasy of strangling someone, to me, like, just, just how I view it, like, you have to have some type of mental unbalance. That and we never know because they don't, you know, it don't go into good detail. But I would assume maybe his lifestyle before he moved to his grandma, you never know what he's seeing. His mom was a prostitute, so you never know if he was around this Ooh, while right, she was, right, you know right. what I'm saying? And with prostitution, these ladies endure some weird shit. It's yeah, men he could have seen his mom like, you know, get choked out, you know what I'm saying? Some yeah. weird shit. So his dad might have choked his mom out, was put, put, beating his mom, and that's why the grandma took you know what I'm saying? It could be, knows. yeah, you know what I'm saying? But, story ahead, though. With his grandma. And then they would say while he was in jail for doing these little various crimes, this nigga would pick up, I don't even, it's not a good thing. I get it. You got a pastime in there. He picked up boxing and he would refer to himself as like a heavyweight. Like he thought he was the shit prize winner, knocking niggas out in jail. So he picked up this boxing thing. So you know this nigga is strong. First of all, let's just keep that in mind. He's strong as shit. Um, In 1961, that's when he broke after then is when he broke into the furniture store. He broke in, got out in 1964, and he still was on his, it's a lot of crime going on, I don't really list, but all the way up until 1975, he had been arrested 25 times in 11 states. So the man Oof. was out here moving before he even started his killing spree. So that's just a little backstory about him to set the tone that this nigga is wild. He's wild, for real. Wild. <laughs> um, so let's just get into it. Um, in eight in 1982, Sam was arrested, and I'm gonna fuck this up. Pasca, Pascagoula, Mississippi. I'm sorry <laughs> to my Mississippi folks down there. <laughs> and he was charged actually with his first victim, the murder of 22 year old Melinda Rose Laprie. I hope I said that right. Rest um, in peace. And she had went missing in September. So a little bit about her, I did find somewhere where her brother was spoken to her. She seemed to be a very happy young lady. She was a musician. She taught herself how to play like damn near every instrument and mm. seemed to be really happy about life is what her brother was saying about her. She actually, some things had went wrong in her life, so she was she had ran away when she encountered Sam. Um, oh, man. She was a runaway. And you'll start to see a pattern here with how he picked his victims as we go on. But, yeah, so she was a runaway, and at the time, she was doing heavy cocaine um, with her and her boyfriend. 
boyfriend, Trash, he was her pimp. So it's a lot of pimps and hoes going right. on around here. He used to pimp her out for money and shit like that. Um, and it just so happens, I think he picked her up as a trick. It don't really go into detail, but um, her body ended up being found. By the time they found her body, it was heavily decomposed. Um, there was no physical ev- evidence left, and she was naked. Was, all the victims were naked. Um, ooh, I can't even. Excuse me, y'all. And the reason why he picked her because he said, because he remembered when he did tell, he didn't call, get caught until like years later, more recent, if you will. And he still remembered like damn near all of his victims. Keep in mind, I said he had 60 that were confirmed that he did kill and 93 that he's associated with that it's a good possibility he did kill them. Um, and he picked her because she was young, a runaway. He thought nobody would miss her. Like, he figured she ain't had no family, nobody would go. Makes sense. You know that what I'm saying? Sense. So while he was being investigated for that, because remember we started off with him being arrested for her, um, because witnesses had said, um, I'm not confusing them. Oh, yeah, so once he was being investigated for her, right, while he was being investigated for her, there was another young lady at the same time that ended up being found. Her name was Patricia Ann Mount. Um, she was 26 years old. Her body was well. Uh, was found in September as well of 1982. And according to witnesses, she was last seen with Sam. They were out. They had been out somewhere at like a bar or a club or something like that. And he was seen leaving with her and getting into his station wagon. Key piece. Key piece here, the station wagon. So you're going to hear a lot about the fucking station wagon because I believe, it don't say, but I'm going to say he committed most of these crimes in the station wagon. Um, right. It just because every witness, like it was so many stories, every one of them and witnesses that the, the same, the same station, wagon. station wagon. Like it's crazy. So he kept moving around for years and years in different states? In different with states the same station with wagon, the right? same station wagon. Like, yo. And he was driving state to state probably. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. I mean, I get it. It was in the what was that the eighties when these two took place. So I mean, I guess it was smooth to get away with. Um, so she ended up being found dead and naked in Hayfield, um, Mississippi. And like I said, witness reported seeing her at a bar dancing with a man before they had drove off in a station wagon together. Um, he would actually deny at first while he was being questioned for her. He would deny that he even knew shorty that he was with her or that he was even in the state of mississippi he tried it um so while being investigated this is crazy like it, it just get into it after being acquitted sam then moved to california near san diego but let's just he goes in for these and he gets acquitted of both of those murders he gets away with them they let his ass out damn he gets away. So it was basically I'm lack of evidence I'm because both bodies have been. have been sitting out in the elements for a while. They had no evidence, even though they were naked. They didn't have any physical evidence on them at all. The fucker gets away with it. Mm. They let his ass out. So once he was acquitted, he hurry up and he get up out of there. This motherfucker moved to um, California near San Diego. And in October of 1984, Sam was arrested for kidnapping, beating, and strangling 22-year-old Lori Barrows. She survived. His only victim that Damn. survived. Out so, of, so, like, so he so he, <coughs> he raped her, strangled what? her, and beat her up? Yeah, and she survived. Mm. Um, 
after that, she goes to jail. She tells the story. Um, you said she goes to jail. Yeah. The What's I mean, she not she. I'm sorry. She he goes to jail. The lady ends up telling her story or whatever. So he goes to jail. Somehow he gets relieved. He gets out again. A month after the man gets out, he was found by the police in the back seat of his car, the station wagon, with the unconscious woman who he had beaten and strangled as well in the same location as the Lori lady that survived, which he had just got out of jail for. Right. Um, and then this time after the lady that they police actually found unconscious in his car, he spent two and a half years in prison for just for for both of the crimes. He only spent two That's and a half years for the rape of the lady <coughs> that survived and then the But but the the, the the uh oh excuse me. <coughs> the woman before this before this two year and half year mm -hmm. trial came up, he had strangled her, beat her up, and graped her, and she survived. Then he got caught, but they had no evidence, so he didn't get locked up. Right. But then he got caught in the same area a month later with the unconscious girl in that van, mm -hmm. and the they put two right both to, both together basically for yeah. both. Now he's charged for both basically, yeah. but he only got two and a half years. Two and a half years. Is it strangulation like? Is it attempted murder? It is attempted murder. And, and the other, the one, the lady that he found, they don't ever say her name, but um, the lady that they, the police actually caught him like in the act doing, like she survived, but it was attempted murder. Had they not came, she probably wouldn't have, would have been a god. I'm sorry, I'm like bringing race and everything, but was this man white? He was not. What was he? He's black. How? Now I'm even more confused. He is a black man. I'm so confused. I was gonna say that for the end, but he is a black man. Yeah, I was trying not to ask, but I like at that day, I was end. trying not to ask because I figured like you might surprise me. I was gonna say this so I was trying end. not to ask, he you know black, what I mean? Bro. But after that last one you just said, like he getting away like that, anyone would assume. I would think that even people of other races would assume us, oh, but must be a white dude. But but listen, keep in mind, he only targets women that are either prostitutes. They out on the streets, homeless. Don't so have he was no probably more getting off so because it was the police. And then, and then you know the police. If it's the lady of the night, like they're prostitutes, police ain't really. They didn't really give it as much care, unfortunately. Yeah. And I feel like they still don't. It's a lot of Muslim prostitutes out here in the mm -hmm. world. You know, what I'm saying that's still a very much a thing. So they wasn't trying to hear none of that. So he ended up, which is very just like I say right fast, which is very unfortunate. A human being is a human being. You feel me? me? Like I don't care what they got going in their life. If a person. Uh, passes away, there are someone who cares about that person. So you should let that be known. Like, that's not something you should sweep under the rug. I'm sorry, but go ahead. And it seems like, unfortunately, he was kind of right because this went on for damn near two decades uh, <laughs> before he was even caught. I might say longer than that. My math might not be mapping, but yeah. Uh, anyway, once he got out of prison for that shit um, in February of 1987, he immediately moved to L.A. So finally he hit L.A where he would go on to commit 10 more murders. 10 more murders. <laughs> 10. That's crazy, man. Finally, not until September 5th, 2012, <coughs> Sam was arrested in a homeless shelter in Louisville, Kentucky, and extradited to Cali where he was facing narcotic charges. So this is how they get his ass. He wasn't even going. They wasn't <coughs> even getting him for murders or shit. It was all some drug shit. Right. So with the drug shit, the authorities was able to use DNA testing. Mm. And boom, 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 boom. Because keep in mind now, this is 2012. 
So it's like a large gap where he was out right, there committing murders right. we don't even know about. So it don't come out until now. Mm-hmm. And by this time, they had updated forensics and everything like that. So when he slips up, all the, okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the shit they had been thinking was connected to him. Boom, boom, boom. Because back in the 80s and stuff, you know what I'm saying, for those listening, I'm pretty sure y'all know this already, but it was a lot easier to get away with any type of crime. You know what I'm saying? Like fingerprints and forensics, everything was a lot different back then. They didn't have it so much. But if you did stuff back then, you're still living, doing things today. If you get caught, ass, everything you've done in your past, and what they say, was done in the dark. It's going to come to light, baby. You feel it's me? It's coming out there. It's going to come to light. And I ain't going to lie. I like that shit. You know what I'm saying? Now, it's unfortunate uh, all these times. In some so cases, I can see where, you know, one might say it's unfortunate. But for stuff like this, though, if we can catch people like this, I'm for, I'm all for it. Until we spoke on this before, because you know about 20, 2012, this nigga's old as hell. So... I still say lock is that motherfuckers be like, oh, he old. No, I lock that nigga up and let him whatever little few he got left. Yeah. If you get caught now, you old as hell for some shit that you did 20, 30, fucking 40 years ago. I still think they should lock your ass up. I don't yeah, get no definitely. fuck about your health problems. Definitely. I don't get no fuck about none of that. You need to do your time or whatever it is they're going to give to your ass. Fuck. Anyway, um, where I leave off. <sighs> okay, so they used the DNA testing, right? And this is how they find out in 2012. Um that he was involved in murders of Carol and Eileen and Eileen Elford in 1989 and Guadalupe, oh, excuse me, I do apologize in advance, oh gosh, Dorote Apodoca, who was killed in September of 1987, as well as Audrey Nelson Everett, who was killed in August 14th of 1989. All three women were killed and later found in the LA sh- in the streets of LA. So he was they was able to right off the bat link him to those that had went unsolved. You know how long shit all this shit took place in the eighties and they ain't catch this nigga to twenty twelve. Like that shit is crazy. Yeah, man. <clears throat> but once again, I'm 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 really, really happy they caught him and even more happy to say that they will catch more people who have done things way back when. You know what I'm saying? I, <coughs> I mean, I love it's it, man. cool, but like they families went a long time with just no type of closure. Yeah, but to finally get it in the same it's gotta sense, feel great. I'm in the sure same it's, sense, it's kind of opening up an old wound too. Yeah, because you had I gonna say you ever forget about trial it. and shit like that again. Yeah. You gotta see the crime scene photos again. Maybe stuff that you kind of have. No, but do they have to? Some of them. He's caught. Some of yeah, but they still have to bring him to trial. And some of them, whatever witnesses or whatever, whatever, those families, they want to, for whatever trial he did, the families are allowed to be there. So whatever witnesses take stand, whatever evidence they present. Oh, so they choice. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go through the whole thing. I'm cool. I wouldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so on. But to each his own. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Yeah. On Jan 7th of 2013, Sam was extradited to L.A. where he was charged. And a couple of months later, Sam would be investigated for uh, his involvement in three dozen murders committed in the 1980s which till then had remained unsolved like i said man and then in connection with new circumstances in mississippi so some new laws they went ahead and opened up the lapree murder case um which was that first one of the first two victims that he had got acquitted of um sam was tested for the involvement and what ended up being 93 murders in total um and like this nigga basically went from down south. He did like it. If I wish I had a map, I'm gonna get better so I can have some background shit so you can see. Like this nigga was everywhere. 
he fucked around in Ohio like a lot. Like this nigga killed several motherfuckers in Ohio, Akron, Cleveland, all type. Yeah, man. Yeah, he, like won. he, he was. He was in the Midwest with yeah, it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nebraska, like everywhere. Okay. So Sam will later confess to the murders of Melissa Thomas in 1996. Um, Sam had drawn pictures. So at, once they caught him, he was able to draw pictures of many of his victims that had went un, un, you know, un, uh, to help identify, <laughs> un, identify, take it out. Um, and he was so cold with it. Like he, they said he, it was creepy because he remembered like very distinct details, like. One of his victims had a teenage daughter. One of his victims walked with a limp. Like this nigga was like, it's safe to say. He was it seems like he was really studying his his uh his his uh, targets. Like if that's the word. And majority of victims the victims. Yeah, but and, one is the wrong word. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't know what we should say. I, I don't like to say victims. You know what I'm saying? Because that just make them feel not human. Like they, you know what I'm saying? Like a number or something yeah. like that. And I'm saying I don't know really what word we use. So excuse me for those listeners. I'm using the wrong. Uh, verbiage, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, Look at you, yeah, big words around here, gang gang. Big words, pull it out for the true crime relationship podcast. So during most of the time, um, while he committed these murders, little quick fact here: this nigga had a girlfriend. They don't say much about her. I got that her name was Jean, but she was supporting his habit while he was out because he used to like still steal and shoplift and stuff so they would both do that shit while he was out here just killing motherfuckers and she knew he was killing people you know what i'm saying she like knew? it don't say if she knew but like he did so many and they was that was his long-term girlfriend so she was with him majority of the shit like i feel like she had to have some, some type some type of suspicion you don't think so it's so hard to say because i've heard some stories of you never know, really know, know if it's never know if it's true. No, but. but I've heard so many stories of uh people having we even know on smaller on a smaller scale, a dude be cheating for five years, four years, like you know what I'm saying? But maybe that's different. Is that different? Oh, a person like a, like a, a dude having a side girl or a girl having a side dude for years. It might be guess. a little different, maybe. I guess. I don't know. But, like, she had to have... I'm sure this nigga came in with some type of evidence on him. She was like, what the fuck you got going on? He lied. She had to know it was a lie. Or he do it. Like, he was, like, on the road. You know what I'm saying? It was no, very I don't, I don't think he came in with no evidence. Cause maybe, he, maybe not. Them, them dudes be a little little psycho. You know, you know they be a little... Kind of perfectionist a little bit. I guess. They don't be really be sloppy. I guess. It didn't say if he would take... Usually people like this and um to have such a... And I want to say, I almost want to say maybe he he never say this, but I like to think that I like fuck with the mind shit. I think he kind of hated women, and I think it's because his mom was a prostitute. He don't say that, but I feel like right. a lot of times, like, he could have that type of, like, that's what was going on. And I'm surprised that I didn't read anywhere that he didn't collect the items from his victims. Like, he usually, didn't. it didn't say anywhere where he kept something of theirs. But, but did, like, he strangled everyone, though. Yeah, that he, was all of them thing. were strangled, right, and right, he, right, they would right. always be found naked. Yeah, man, I don't, I don't agree with uh. Well, I'm not gonna say that make, make a statement because I want to ask you. We're gonna go to the end, right? I yeah, want, yeah. I want to ask you though. I want to end it every time with a little, little question. You know okay. what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> first and foremost, I'm a very understanding person. Shit like this, I don't understand. That's maybe why it's intriguing to me because I want I want to understand it. I love, I love to understand as much of I can as I can about everything. You know what I'm saying? Is there a reason in your mind that is okay 
or understandable why someone may take another's life. A reason where, where either you, I'm, uh, where, first, let me start the first one. Is it ever okay to take someone's life in your mind? I hesitated. I just feel like I'm never okay with somebody losing their life, but I feel like things are circumstantial. Lose, no, 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 no. See, you ain't hearing me. You saying losing your life. I'm, I'm saying taking someone's life. Nah, I'm not saying someone's life getting taken. For me, no. Like, I can't. Right. Nah. Any, I'm saying anyone. Is there ever a reason why you like, oh, they, they killed this person because of that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Outside yeah. of self-defense? Like, no. All right, cool. Is there reasons, without naming them, it, without naming them first, you know what I'm saying, are there reasons where you can understand why someone may resort to killing someone? Yes. And I'll, I would like to say why, yes. Yeah. Yes, because I feel like in situations where kids have fucked up childhoods and they were harmed or messed with or something like that everybody is not able to mentally break out of that so a lot of these serial killers and they go on these killing sprees they develop the hate towards the man or the woman or whatever because of something that has happened to them and as a kid you are defenseless so all right wait wait okay i kind of want to let you finish i want to let you land because i hope you finish okay go ahead go ahead go ahead because I hope you're not saying one thing, and I'm hoping you're saying the other. Like, maybe you need a land for me to understand. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I hope I'm making sense. Like, like for me, maybe it is showing sympathy and empathy, but I kind of feel like I do understand for some of them that had some type of real, real bad, fucked up shit happen to them as a child. Right. Because children are defenseless so anything that's like a child can't protect themselves from what they had to go through growing up especially when they're so when they get grown if they end up killing someone that does something that reminds them it's like a trigger if they haven't healed and a lot of time these serial killers end up living be in and out of jail be still and real fucked up they never get out of the situation see with that one i understand what you're saying i don't know if i'm I'm trying to think no i get what you're saying i'm just trying to think of something Oh, that man. way where someone would react to killing someone else, something that, would, something that would trigger them, make them kill. And that's not even for, I shouldn't say serial killer. That's like if it happened one and done thing, not, I don't even know, like, right. like how okay, cool. like, being that's, involved with something that's, a good that's way of, triggering. That's a good way to land. There you go, there you go, there you go. Okay, like, so, not, that's so gonna, maybe not a serial not, killer. Not, okay, there you go. Okay, cool. But like, what you saying. just <clears> if it happened to be like a one time. So I, I see I see things where like, um it was that one, I'm so sorry on her name, and... This question popped up as we were podcasting, so I don't have a name or notes or nothing. I'm going to just, you know, give a, a slight description. It was a light-skinned uh, woman who was, um, she was kidnapped and, was she kidnapped? I think she was kidnapped, but basically she was in, uh, drugged into the sex trade for years and years. And then she, um, something brown. She ended up, brown. yeah, she ended up killing her sex trafficker, pimp, whatever he was, mm-hmm. ended up killing him. And she was a prison, mm. right? Now, that's an example to me to where I completely understand right. why she did what she did. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, 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 you're stuck. You, and you've been going through this for years. I get that. It makes sense to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Or 
if you're in a situation where someone is raping you, mm-hmm. raping you, mm-hmm. in that situation, and you grab a lamp or something, him over head, and they end up, and they you, know, you hit the person the wrong way in the head, things can happen, mm-hmm. and they end up passing away. I understand that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I don't look at you like you're oh, evil. Kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like something yeah. like that. You know what gotcha. I'm saying? So I shouldn't say serial killer. But, but for like, anyone, for anyone out here who is just taking people's lives because, like, it's a sport. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel they should go to prison for life, and also no death penalty for them. I don't like death penalty at all because I feel like you've been doing go go to prison and suffer. Mm-hmm. You probably gonna end up getting killed in there depending on how you mm-hmm. how you got in there anyway. Mm-hmm. But let go in there and suffer. Let them do what they do to you and you live terrible. They ain't let you eat whatever it is for however long before. Un- I will say, unfortunately, you take your life because I, the suicide to me, I don't, I don't never, I don't care what you did. I don't want my life killing themselves. But until you unfortunately take your life or someone else takes your life, you know what I'm saying? I'd agree. I'd rather you go in there and suffer in that way. I'd agree. And for me, unfortunately, this fucker didn't get enough time because he went in by the time they called him. He was old as hell, so he had health problems, diabetes, and heart problems and shit like that. So... He was convicted September 25th of 2014 of his crimes. He got multiple life sentences, never would be eligible for parole, so he ultimately was going to die in there anyway. But um, he would end up passing away. Uh, let me get this one side of the front page. Yeah, he, he probably, would he probably wasn't even in there like, too long. He huh? wasn't. Nope, he wasn't. Not at all. Did I write it down? Did I end up not writing down this day? I feel like he ended up dying that same year or the year after. So either 2014 or 2015, he ended up passing away. So I just feel like. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. I mean, but at the end of the day, I don't know, you know, for those listening, you believe, you know, up and down, up or down, however it go. I mean, but, um, hey, in my head, with my beliefs, he passed away, but his soul is still suffering. Oh, I lied. I did write it down. It was not 2015. He ended up dying December 30th, 2020. I had to read my notes a little further. So, I mean, he did Oh, a he was time. in it for a little bit? Yeah, but he was on. He didn't get caught until 2012, and he had started this shit in, like, the 60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah, he, 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 did, some, he did some good little time. Yeah. But, yeah, hey, listen. <laughs> we need y'all to like. Share. Comment. Subscribe. All that good shit. It's your boy Cuff and your girl T with the Unusual Monsters podcast. Tune in. We out.